This morning's message is really simply, it's a really cool title, and the title is, Has He Touched Your Life Yet? Has He Touched Your Life? And we're going to dig a little bit this morning, if you've been following along. We're going to stay with Luke chapter 5 this morning. Where, you know, it's not because I was telling somebody this story, and they said, have you read anywhere else in the Bible? Yes, I have. I have. But I just so felt compelled to stay here. And we're going to read from Luke chapter 5, from verses 12 onwards, and we're going to talk about the story of the leper. So if you've got your Bible with me, please, would you turn it to Luke chapter 5? And I'm going to read from verse 12, and we're going to unpack this. It says, And it happened, when he was in a certain city, he being Jesus, that behold, a man full of leprosy saw Jesus and fell on his face and implored him, saying, If you are willing, you can make me clean. And then he put out his hand and he touched him, saying, I am willing, be cleansed. Immediately the leprosy left him. And he charged him to tell no one, but go show yourself to the priest and make an offering for your cleansing as a testimony to them, just as Moses commanded. However, the report went around concerning him all the more, and great multitudes came together to hear and to be healed of him by, of their infirmities. So he himself, being Jesus, withdrew into the wilderness and prayed. I love how Dr. Luke puts it, and Luke, who wrote this, was a doctor. And so Dr. Luke sees things that Matthew and Mark don't see in this story. Matthew says that Jesus came down from the mountain. Mark says that he was there with a multitude. But Luke says something that no other gospel records. Luke says a man who was full of leprosy. A man who was full of leprosy. And we need to start that premise this morning. Because when we think of leprosy, how many people know a leper? It's pretty much how many people I know. We don't get leprosy in the Western world. Leprosy is now a treatable by and by disease through antibiotics and different medication. But in the Eastern cultures, in some of our developing nations, they still have leprosy. In biblical leprosy, let me give you a quick overview. Biblical leprosy sometimes started like a spot, sometimes just weakness in your joints or your limbs. You felt that there was something a bit wrong. Maybe there was a little spot and that little spot turned into another spot, turned into another spot. Those little spots would sometimes fill with pus. Those pus would actually break open and then there would be some decaying of the ends of your fingers because your nerve endings die. And so you would burn yourself. Maybe you'd stub your toe. You wouldn't realise it was infected. So it would slowly be infected and then sometimes be absorbed. So you often see deformities in their hands and their feet, <clears throat> deformities in their face as extremities begin to die off. You would start to, the, the other thing as it comes out is a bacterial growth and as it comes out you would start to have a little bit of a um, odour. So, so there was a smell of leprosy. It, <clears throat> and I need you to paint this picture because, you know, we say leprosy like a leper came and knelt down before Jesus and we go, yeah, okay. Because if somebody came today and knelt down before you, you know, by and by you're imagining somebody who looks like you. You're imagining somebody who looks fairly healthy. Maybe they smell a little bit. Maybe they have a little bit of a different odour about them or they look a little bit different. But by and by, we haven't been confronted with the horrors of leprosy in this nation. And so when he said a leper came, you, I want to put you in that mindset 2,000 years ago where leprosy was a death sentence. I want you to get the mindset for 2,000 years ago where the Bible says, and Luke records this, that he was full of leprosy. What does full mean? It means it hadn't just started. It means it wasn't just beginning, it was coming toward the completion of leprosy. He wasn't at the beginning of the cycle, he was toward the end of the cycle. He was full of leprosy. And I want you to take that picture and then I want you to imagine what that must have been like for that man as he was 
going through that day? What was his life like? See, in biblical Jewish communities, what that meant was if you had leprosy, you were asked, according to Levitical law, to leave the camp or to leave the city. You were to stay on the outside of the city. And if you saw somebody, you were to start yelling out, unclean, unclean, in case they inadvertently came close to you and got leprosy. Leprosy was a death sentence. Nobody got better from leprosy. Leprosy wasn't one of those like, ah, oh, you know, it's not too bad. You've got a runny nose and a bit of a sore right. No, leprosy is a death sentence. It's not even a good death sentence. Like, like, is there a good death sentence? Yeah, there's a good death sentence. The quick death. Like, you know, when you're asleep and you don't wake up except to go in God's presence, that's a good death, isn't it? I like those ones. If I've got to put my hand up, I'm going for that one. I want to be like my granddad, die peacefully in my sleep, not like the other people on the bus. <laughs> You know, I heard that joke years ago. It never gets old. That's still one of my favourite jokes. Poor Mari shaking her head and it's like, I'm sorry, Mari, I'll reverse out of that one. But moving on for a second, can we agree that there are some good ways to die? Like, put your hand up if you think there's a good way to die. <laughs> put, put your hand up if you... Never mind. <clears throat> and just take a second, right? Leprosy isn't that way. Leprosy is a slow way. Leprosy is, once you have leprosy, you'll move from, to the outside of the city or the outside of the camp. Leprosy is whatever you touch as a leper is unclean. So I want you to imagine you've got a family and all of a sudden you decide, you discover you've got a little spot on your arm and so you go to the priest and the priest says, you have leprosy, you need to leave. And so you move outside. Well, what about your wife? You can't touch her. What about your children? You can't touch them. What about the seats and the utensils and the things that you used to do? That's out now. You are banished to the external peripheries of society. You're unloved in that sense. You, you know, like, oh, I love you, but preferably over there. You're unwanted. You're untouchable. I, I need you to get this because this is what Dr. Luke says. You know, we read it, he was full of leprosy, and we go, yeah, full of leprosy. Slow it down a bit. Bring that story into yourself and go, wow, what would it be like if that happened to me? And we don't know how long he'd had leprosy, but we do know this, it wasn't days, it wasn't weeks, it possibly wasn't months. There is a much greater chance that it was years because leprosy is a fairly slow-moving disease. And to be full of leprosy, you have had this for a protracted length of time. We don't know what he saw about Jesus when he went and approached him. We don't know why he was bold enough to approach him. We just know that he was bold enough to approach him. And we know in that moment that he said, I know you can make me clean if you are willing. I know you can do it, I just don't know if you're willing to do it. I want you to take that mind because if we're not inserting ourselves into the story, remember I keep saying this, you've got the big story, then you've got the smaller story, and then you've got what? Your story. The big story, there's a crowd, there's a leper, there's Jesus, the man comes, he kneels before him, we could talk about worship and submitting and surrender, we could talk about so many things, but the, the big story is that, and then Jesus reaches out and touches him and says, you are healed, and the man is healed, and he goes around telling people, and Jesus has to withdraw into the wilderness for quiet time, because the crowds keep coming to him to be healed. Big story, but smaller story, the part where we zoom in, the part where we look at it is where we look at leprosy and we go, Wow. When Luke says he's full of leprosy, that is a bad thing. And then my story is sometimes we're going to get to that. We're going to come to that. We're just going to shelve that because I'm, I'm already hoping and believing that God's talking to you about what's your story in this story. Where do you fit in this story? And I want to paint a picture before we move on. I want you to keep going a little bit. 
Because I want to say, what does that message send to the leper? When he is removed from the, to the periphery, to the external, to the outside of the city, what does that message send to the leper? What's playing in his head? What's the record that plays in his head day after day when he can't touch anybody, when he can't go near anybody, when nobody wants to come and, and again, take this on board? No one wants to come near him because if I come close enough to you and get it, it's a death sentence. So if I see you, I am avoiding you literally like the plague. (laughs) What is that message? What's that message that starts to to come onto the inside of this man? What what would it say to you if you were in that position? What's the record that's playing inside his head during this time? This is where we want to come to. Because then I want to go to the next point and we go, What does Jesus do when he comes and he says to him, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. What does Jesus do? Jesus says, I am willing, and then does what? Touches him. Jesus says, I am willing. And then he does something that no one else does. And you know what annoys me about Christianity sometimes is that we have, the world has a perception of Christ, Jesus being, or God being unloving, unkind, a little bit aggressive, waiting to find out what you've done wrong, waiting to point out your mistake, waiting to look at you and go, oof, keep away. And I don't know where that perception comes from, but it doesn't come from the New Testament. I don't know where that perception comes from, but it doesn't come when I read Jesus's life. And right here in this story, it's one of the opening miracles that Jesus does where he not only demonstrates he can, he demonstrates he wants to heal you. But even more than that, can we go a little bit further? He demonstrates that he's willing to touch. He's willing to reach out. He's willing to enter in to that situation. Did Jesus have to touch him? He didn't, did he? You remember in Luke, there was this other sign in Luke 17 and these 10 lepers were up on the hill and Jesus walked along and they called out to him and Jesus said, be healed, go and show yourself to the priests. And as they went, they were healed. He didn't have to. You remember the centurion? And he came and he said, Lord, my servant's lying at home and he's at the point of death. And Jesus said, I will come. He says, you don't have to come under my roof. You don't have to touch him. You just have to say the word. And if you just say the word, he'll be healed. For I am a man under authority and you are a man under authority. I say to this one, go and he goes and this one come and he comes. So if you just speak the word, he will be healed. And Jesus says, I've not found faith like this in all of Israel. Go home, your servant will be healed. And that hour on, his servant was healed. Jesus displays time and time again that he does not have to touch to heal people. I need you to get that this morning. He doesn't have to, does he? Just take a second. Does he have to touch? Absolutely not. He can speak the word. He could just speak the word and say, be healed and keep walking, couldn't he? What is the purpose of him touching this man? Why would he spend the time? Why would he endanger himself in our way of thinking? Why would he reach out into the mess of touching a man who is full? Everyone say full. I need you to get the picture. I need you to see a man who's dressed in rags because he hasn't been able to go clothes shopping for a while. I need you to smell a man who is right in your face because he hasn't been able to bathe because there's no baths, so you're going to let him in there in the public bath system. I need you to see a man who is full of leprosy with the pus and the rotten flesh. You could smell that guy coming from a mile away if the wind was blowing right. And Jesus doesn't just say, be healed. Jesus reaches out and he touches this man. Why? Why? Doesn't anyone else ask questions in the scriptures? 
Like, it wouldn't it make the Bible far more interesting if we just, instead of thinking we know everything, if we just ask more questions, why'd you do that? And why did you do that? And what does that mean? And what does that mean? And why do you do this? And when people tell me the Bible's boring, I just go, it's because you're boring and you read it boring. You read it as black and white and you don't bring it to colour and to life in your mind. I want you to imagine you're in that position. I want you to imagine you're there and you can smell this leper from a distance and you can see Jesus, the holy rabbi who preaches to the multitudes and he touches him. Can you see that this morning? He touches him and you're like, what the heck is that about? Why would he touch him? And I'm going to say this because he wasn't just healing the man's flesh. He could have healed his flesh with a word. He could give sight to the blind with a word. He could bring healing and hearing back to the deaf with just a word. He could do everything with a word. He didn't do it with a word because I believe what he was touching and healing was not just on the skin, but so much, so much deeper. You know, um, years ago, there's a huge amount of study, and you can Google it for yourself, and I'm not even going to pretend I can tell you all the physician's name and the psychotherapist's name. But years ago, they discovered that in orphanages, the rate of mobility, morbidity amongst infants was so much higher in orphanages than it was in foster houses or it was in normal homes. And they began to ask, not everybody, just some people, they began to ask the question, why? Ready? Why is a great question, Why? Why is this child passing away? It's not from lack of nutrition. They had lots of food. It's not from lack of medical centres and medical stuff. The doctors were first on the scene. They're in hospitals and they're in orphanages and they've got medical staff and they've got nutritional food and they've got all this happening. But for some reason, the morbidity rate of child-infant death is so much higher than the morbidity rate of somebody else. And you've got to ask the question, why? And so somebody who was smart enough began to ask that question. And do you know what they found? They found that children who were left without touch, children who weren't held, children who weren't nursed, children who weren't loved, cared for, caressed, something died inside them long before their physical death. I want you to hear that this morning. Children who weren't held and nursed and loved and touched and caressed, something in them died long before physical death took over. And I want to put it to you this morning that what Jesus was healing in this man had nothing to do with a skin condition. Or maybe, can I pause? Let's not say nothing. Let's be honest. If you've got leprosy, that's a good healing. Everybody's happy with it. But I believe Jesus was doing something deeper than a skin condition. Jesus was doing, I'm going to say that again, Jesus was doing something deeper than a skin condition. Hmm. Yep, I've got time. I'm going to let that hang for a bit. Jesus was doing something deeper. Everyone say deeper. He was doing something deeper than a skin condition. A skin condition can be healed with a word. He was doing something deeper. You know, leprosy, by the way, as a metaphor or a type, is also a type of sin. Did you know that? Throughout the scriptures, when they talk about lepers, it could also infer not only a skin condition, which is actually normal and not normal, but you know, it was something that was evident in their day. It's not allegorical, but it could also be an allegory. And it talked about the condition of sin. How can it talk about sin? Well, sin is something that starts really small and it begins to grow and consume you. Sin is something that when you first have a little bit, you can hide it, can't you? You know, you roll your sleeve down, you don't let anybody know, but you know that you've got something going on, but you just hide that away from humanity for a while. But how many people know that when you begin to hide your sin for a protracted length of time, what happens? You begin to get numb, don't you? 
Certain parts of you, when you begin to hide that sin away from humanity, certain things inside you begin to die off, don't they? And all of a sudden, if you keep letting that have its full cause, talk to anybody who's lived with an alcoholic or a drug addiction, addicted person, talk to anybody who lives with somebody who's struggling with pornography or any number of sins that you want to add to it, and talk to them about how it starts small and it continues to grow, doesn't it? And all of a sudden, you start to feel yourself pulling back from those people, don't you? I'm not trying to be rude, I'm not judgy here. I'm just going the normal, natural course of sin as it continues to manifest. All of a sudden, the wife doesn't want to be with him because he's a little more loud or he's a little more abusive or he's a little more manipulative. And so she pulls back a little bit further and she pulls back a little bit further. You're still getting me. Fantastic study, another thought. I listened to Jamie's request and Jamie's suggestion. I listened to a thing called The Wisdom of Trauma. If you get a chance, listen to it. And it talks about the trauma that people endure and something happens deep inside them and that thing that happens deep inside them manifests out later we're taking that thought I want you to talk about sin for a minute and that thing that happens deep inside us maybe it's a spot maybe it's something small something we can hide but it begins to grow and it begins to make you numb and slowly but surely you stop being able to hide it And slowly but surely, people begin to pull back from you. And I want to say to you this morning, I love this about Jesus, who was God, who stepped down into flesh and stepped down into humanity, into the midst of our sin, our problems, our mistakes. He himself became sin for you and I. He was just showing you that I am prepared to reach in and take on board whatever you've got going on. And we're going to come to this this morning because I believe that so often we have stuff handling on the inside of us. And we're real happy to go, Jesus has forgiven my sins, absolutely. Jesus has cleansed me from leprosy, absolutely. But can I suggest that some of us have something going on inside that still needs a touch from Jesus' hand? That's where I wanted to come to. That's where I'm coming to this morning. Right there. That I think sometimes in my life, it's not the external. The external's great. It's what's going on inside. I'm not even, can I just say, it's not even, I'm not even talking about sin. I'm talking about hurts. I'm talking about disappointments. I'm talking about times when I feel like I've been isolated or left on the outside. I'm talking about the things that are inside that slowly die. And I think when Jesus comes, he doesn't want to just say, Ashley, be healed. Philip, be healed. Samuel, be healed. He wants to say, hey, I want to heal all of you. I want to reach into your life and touch you. And I want to heal those areas of darkness and hurt and pain that you've been trying to hide and obscure from humanity. I want to heal those areas. And I'm going to ask right now that the worship team come back up or just, can I just have two keyboard players, please, and maybe a singer come just to start with, or the whole team, I don't mind. But I want to ask that the house lights go off. And we're going to just take a minute because this morning is not about a great message that we preach and we all clap. This morning is about allowing the master to reach in and to touch. And so we're not going to rush, and that's why I've given it plenty of time and plenty of space. Because I believe this morning that Jesus wants to touch and he wants to heal those hurts and those areas in our hurt. Now, you don't have to, and I don't want anyone to feel under pressure or obligation or compulsion to come out. I also don't want you to sit where you are and think, I wish I had of. There's no power in me, and I'm going to ask Pastor Jamie and some of our team to come. I'm going to ask Barry to come. I'm going to ask some of our service team to come. There's no, there's no power in what we're doing. The power is in you saying, Jesus, I recognize there's an area in my life that still needs your touch. Are you following me this morning?
I wonder this morning, just in this space, how many times we've got hurts and areas deep down that we've been pushing down for years. And Jesus is just inviting you in a place of safety. A place of safety right now to come, just be ministered to. To perhaps come and to just open up your heart and say, Lord, I feel like that leper. I, I feel like I've been left on the outside. Feel like I need a fresh touch in my life. That's where I want to come to this morning. If that's you this morning, can I invite you to just come and stand at the front? No one's judging, no one's aware. Thanks, Gail. Guys, we're going to even ask that the camera just come up maybe to look at the singers or the drummers. We're not even going to look at the audience, so there's no camera view there. I'm going to stop saying names. I'm just going to say thanks, guys safe and the leper came and he knelt he knelt at his feet he said Lord I know you can if you're willing God I know you can if you're willing thank you Jesus in society that's so appearance driven so driven by how you look and how you behave and how you perceived It's so easy to feel like you're left outside the camp while everyone else goes in. And the thing that I love about Jesus is He actually said, I don't care what anyone else thinks. I don't care what society prescribes as a normal. I want to reach in and touch your life and let you know you're okay with me. At JC Family, you're okay here. We want to have a household of health and a household that says you're accepted and you're loved as you are. You don't have to dress up. You don't have to put on a mask. You don't have to be anything you're not. Come with your brokenness. In fact, I'm encouraging you to come and own it and not tell me. You don't have to tell me, but just give it to God. I would love the opportunity to just pray for you. Thank you, Jesus. Ezekiel looks forward prophetically and he he sees this moment in time and he says, I will take away their heart of stone and I will give them a heart of flesh. I will take away those things that have become hard. I'll take away those things maybe that have become rotten and I'll give them a heart of flesh. I'll create in them a clean heart. And I want to say to you over and over again, do you know there was never, ever a time when someone came to him and he said, go away and clean yourself up and then come and talk to me. I need you to hear that this morning. There was never a time when he said, go and fix your mistake. Go and clean yourself up. Go get yourself right and then come and talk to me. Every time he stepped into their world, their life, their situation, he received them, he loved them, he touched them and he healed them right where they were. And if you're struggling with a with an old version of Jesus, with a, a picture that's been painted for you that is just a poor reflection of who he really is, can I suggest you read the Gospels and have a fresh picture of who Christ is and come to him as you are. In all your leprosy, in all your brokenness, in all your doubts, in all your fears, in all your confusion, and just say, Lord, I'm here. I know you can. Would you be willing to heal me? And I want to say to you today, He is 100% willing to heal the hurts of those who come to Him. Thank you so much for joining us this morning. We hope you enjoyed the service. We are praying for you and we will see you next week.